Well, good morning, church. Our goal is to make you laugh a little bit this morning, okay, hopefully, and also challenge you. If you're new to NCC, maybe you're here in person or joining us online, if I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and we're so glad that you're with us as we're kicking off this brand new series called What Do You Meme? I want to share some of my favorite memes about work um, this morning. Maybe you guys can relate to this first one, your first day on the job versus now. Okay, some of you guys are like this. Students, I remember I was like this in school. I'd have the nice clothes on the first day. A few months in, I'm in sweatpants and a t-shirt, right? Okay, or how about this one? You're the employee that's always late. Your boss says, this is the third time you've been late this week. And you're like, yep, it's Wednesday. That's what that means is every single day that you are late. Or maybe you're that person that snoozes the alarm clock, and you end up looking like this. You wake up late, but you still manage to make it to work on time. Or maybe you would love to say this to your boss. You say you value your employees, but my paycheck determined that was a lie, okay? When we talk about work, there are probably a lot of feelings, emotions, some of them good, maybe some of them not so good, that we think about when we have this idea of what it means to work. And we're going to talk about that this morning, as I mentioned, we're kicking off this brand new series called What Do You Mean? Okay, in case you don't know, memes are usually photos, yep, with a caption or some kind of little nugget of truth, a joke that's placed over that picture that makes us laugh. Um, many of us have probably spent way too much time scrolling through memes on social media and laughing and um, getting a good kick out of those or maybe sharing those with coworkers or friends. You know, when we go to the scripture, there is this book of the Bible. It's not full of jokes, but it is full of one-liners like that. It's called Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom. It was written by this guy named Solomon. You may have never read the book of Proverbs. That's okay. But it was written by this king named Solomon, and he was considered to be one of the wisest individuals that ever lived on the earth. And there were people in ancient times that would travel from very far distances just to sit and to listen to Solomon's wisdom, to glean his wisdom. And we have this accessible to us. We don't have to travel a great distance, but the words that Solomon wrote down, we get to look at and to apply to our own lives. And that's what we're going to be doing in this series, is we're going to be looking at kind of these one-liners, these nuggets of truth, this wisdom that Solomon passed down um, to us in our lives. Now, there's a couple of good things to remember as we're reading through the book of Proverbs and even some of the stuff that we're going to get into today. Um, as we were working on this, many of you guys know John Jones, who helps us with the messages and, and some of the research. And he said this, and I thought, man, this is something we need to remember. He said, Proverbs are not promises. And that's important to remember, okay? This is not God's formula for X plus Y will always equal Z. Okay, and we need to remember that because sometimes we'll get some of that wisdom and we'll think, God, if I do this, then every time you have to do this. And God is not saying, these are my promises. Now, there are other promises from God in the Bible, but that was not the heart or the purpose of Proverbs. Proverbs were wisdom, once again, that was given to challenge our lives, to help us think and reflect on what it is that God wants us to do, the way that God wants us to live, maybe our interaction with others. And I love this about Proverbs because it's a great reminder, God wants every part of your life. Okay, sometimes we think about that. God, you're concerned about my Sunday mornings. He is. Or maybe you're concerned about a few moments when I start my day and I'm quiet or I read the scriptures, and he is. But he's not just concerned about the moments, he's concerned about every part of your life. 
And in Proverbs, we see wisdom, we see um, direction and some instruction from Solomon and also from God about how we are called to live as it relates to our relationships, as it relates to the thoughts in our mind, as it relates to our finances and work and all of these different things, our emotions, our time, all of these things in our life. God wants to be a part of every single one of them. And Proverbs has some great wisdom as it relates to those things. So we're going to begin to look at this. Today we're focused on Proverbs that talk about work. Okay? When you hear that word, there's probably, as I mentioned, some thoughts that come into your mind. Webster's Dictionary defines work as this. An activity in which one exerts strength, or it could be using your mental faculties um, to do or to perform a task. It could be a specific task, a duty, a function, an assignment, right? Something that may be a part or it may be a smaller part of a larger activity. That's what the definition of work is. That's what they consider work to be. When Americans were recently surveyed, only 20% of Americans said they were passionate about their work. That's kind of crazy to think about, that 80% of people said, well, not really excited about what I do, okay? It's a job, and I go in, maybe it's routine, I have to do this, whatever those things are, but we're not really excited about, only 20% of Americans are excited. Mark Quain is um, quoted to have made this statement, find a job you enjoy doing, and you will never have to work a day in your life, okay? So if you love what you're doing, it's not really work, it's something that you enjoy, And that's important because the average person, the average individual will spend 90,000 hours of their life working. Just think about that. 90,000 hours of your life working. And you guys, we don't want to waste 90,000 hours. And we don't want to just kind of put up or have to go through 90,000 hours. Like that's not how we want to spend that much time of our lives. Now, some of us may work a little bit more than 90. Some of us may be a little bit less. But that's kind of a good average. And how are we called to spend that 90,000 hours? Like, what does God have to say about that? That's really important to remember. Work isn't just about money. So it's not just a money thing, okay? But it involves so much of our life and affects so many different aspects of our life. Now, you could be here this morning and thinking, Aaron, this sounds like a great message, but it's not for me because... Maybe you're a student, right? So you're thinking, I don't have to work. But you do have to work. And the work that God has given you right now is called homework, okay? Or it's it's the school assignments that you have. It's the project of where you create a diorama of the solar system, right? Or you do that chemistry lab or PE class or the quiz or the test. That is the work that God has given you to do. That is work. And that's what you're called to do right now. Others of you, maybe you're saying, Aaron, I don't do work because I'm retired, okay? I did work, I don't do work now, and I am so excited about that, okay? But you still have work that you do. Hopefully you do your laundry. Please tell me you do, okay? Or, or you may have to run and get groceries or cook meals. Or maybe you don't get paid for the employment that you do. It could be learning or growing or continuing to develop to be the person that God's called you to do. That is the work that you have to do right now. It may not come with a paycheck, or maybe you're a stay-at-home parent. Maybe you're a single dad or a single mom, and you stay at home um, to take care of your kids because the age that they are. Whatever that looks like for you as an individual, there is each of us. We have work that we are called to do, and we want to look at what is it that God says about the work. So let me ask you this question. How do you view work? 
How do you view your work that you're called to do? When you hear that, is it like, yep, it's something I got to get through so that I can get to the important stuff? Is it something you struggle through? Is it a delight? Like, you're, I really enjoy what I get to do. I see the value of that and the impact. Like, how do you view the work that you have been called to do? And so we want to look at, once again, Scripture and what Scripture says about this. So let's start here with this idea, Yahweh wants to partner with you in your work. Maybe you've never thought about that, but God himself wants to partner with you in your work, in the work that you're called to do. Now, some of the work that we're called to do, maybe we don't know exactly what it is that we're supposed to do. Maybe you feel like this guy right here, Michael Scott, okay? When you get to work, you're like, I knew exactly what to do, but in a much more real sense, I have no idea what to do, okay? So maybe that's what you feel like in work, but I want you to hear this. When you go to work, when you do the work that God's given you to do, to do. It could be in your home. It could be in the marketplace. Whatever that looks like, you are not doing that alone. Do you hear that, church? You are not called to do that by yourself. God himself wants to partner with you in the work that you and I are called to do. And so we have a partner in this. God himself wants to be a part of that. Many times we may not think about that, but look at what Proverbs says in Proverbs 16.3. It says this, the wisdom says, commit to the Lord whatever you do. Not just your Sunday mornings, not just a few moments in your quiet time before you go to bed. Commit whatever you do. That math assignment, that email. Parents, when you have to instruct your kids and they will not listen for the 10,000th time, whatever, you're committing that to the Lord, right? You're not doing that by yourself, but you're committing that to God, saying, God, we're doing this together. We're partnering together in this. And what does he say? He's going to establish your plans. He's going to be with you in what it is that he has called you to do. We see this at the very beginning of Scripture. If you've ever read the beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis is the first book. And in chapter 2 and chapter 3, God gives men and women, he gives us as humans assignments. He gives us things to do. And this is what God challenges us to do, to partner with him in creating and designing and making new things in working in the world that he created. Like you and I, we are called to do this together with him. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. The message translation paraphrases it like this this passage of scripture, and it says this, servants, do whatever you're told by your earthly masters. That's talking about workers, those of us that are employed. Look at this, and don't just do the minimum that will get you by, okay? If you're a parent, you can say, amen, my kids needed to learn that at some point, right? Like, we all do that. Like, what's the least amount I can do to get by? Paul says, don't do that. That's not the kind of worker that you are, right? And this is why he says, do your best because you work from the heart for your real master. You get that? He says you're working for God, being confident that you'll get paid um, in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always the ultimate boss, the ultimate employer is that you are serving Christ. That's who you're working for. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. I mean, that's challenging, you guys. God is wanting to be a part of the work that we do. 
And so we don't do it halfway. We don't kind of just put in the least amount that we can do. We do it to the very best that we can do it because we're doing this as an act of worship unto God. Do you hear me? The routine thing that you do that you get frustrated about. I've got to send another email, right? I've got to pay another bill. These small things, God wants to be a part of that. You're not doing them by yourself. It's work, but you're doing it to the very best of your ability when your boss is not looking, when no one's watching over your shoulder, right? Like you are still doing it to the very best because this is an act of worship to God. All of the work that we are called to do, it's an act of worship to God. And when we get stuck, when we don't know what to do, students, when you feel like your homework is difficult or that test is difficult, remember, God wants to partner with you in that. Now, that is not an easy out like, good, I don't have to study, right? Or I don't have to work hard like God's just going to take care of it. That's not what the scripture is saying. We do our very best. Why? Because we're doing this unto God. He's partnering with us in what it is that we're creating. So if you're selling something, you're selling a product, you're doing your very best because it's an act of worship unto God. If you're fixing a car, you're doing your very best because it's as unto God. If you're a teacher in a school, you are, in fact, kind of symbolically teaching Jesus, right? You're doing your very best. It could be math, English, science, whatever it is that you teach. You're doing your very best because it is unto God. God wants to partner with you in the work that he has called you to do. So that's important to remember. The next thing it's important to remember as it comes to work is this. Yahweh expects you to be honest in your work. Okay? Maybe you're like this guy right here, right? When the boss comes in, you need to pretend like you're doing something. He is hammering nails into the sand, okay? I guess he's measuring the tide. Maybe that's productive, but it doesn't look productive, okay? And, and we need to remember this. Like, we have to be honest in the work that we have been called to do. God expects that of us, and that means we're not wasting time. Look at what Proverbs says, Proverbs 11.1. 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Now, in case that seems a little fuzzy, like what's going on there, that's talking about like work, the business that they would do. And he said, hey, you need to be honest in the trade, in kind of the employment, like the work, if you're selling stuff, like you have to be honest in that. God expects you to. If you are dishonest, God hates that. It's an abomination to the Lord, but when we're honest, it is his delight. Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright guides them, the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. And so once again, Solomon is cautioning us, if we are dishonest in the work that we do, it could lead to destruction. Now, it doesn't mean you're always going to get caught or the first time you're going to get, but he's saying, hey, this is a bad way to live. Like it could destroy you if you are not honest in what God has called you to do in the work that God has called you to. And so Yahweh expects us to be honest in our work. Let me get really practical with this. Students, this means when your English teacher says, open up your laptop and start writing a book review, you don't go to YouTube. I'm preaching now, you guys. You don't go start iMessaging your friends or looking up, you know, whatever, whatever game you want to play. You don't do that. Why? Because we are honest in the work that God has called us to do. That's the same thing for us as adults, okay? We don't act like we're sending emails and really we're liking photos on Facebook or we're finding out the latest fashion trends, right? 
when we're being paid for our job, it doesn't mean I'm shopping for brand new shoes because I want to find something else. So, like, we're not doing that. We are honest in the work that God has called us to do. You know what else this means? It means that I don't make excuses like this. They have so much stuff. They're a big corporation. They're not going to miss that ream of paper. I'll just take it home and use it for my personal use. You guys, we don't do that. You know why? Because Yahweh expects us to be honest in the work that we do. We do not steal from our employer because they're so massive and so big, they'll never really miss it. We don't make excuses like, well, if they would pay me more, then I wouldn't have to do this. That's not who we are as people. We are people who are honest in the work that God has called us to do. When we are dishonest, it is an abomination to the Lord. He does not like that. So we are people of integrity. What we are being paid to do or what we are being called to do, we are doing that to the very best of our ability because we're doing it unto God. This is what Proverbs challenges us with. Solomon's saying this is some good wisdom to have here in our life. The last thing um, that I want to bring to your attention as it comes to work is this. Working hard brings a reward. Okay? We find this over and over once again in the book of Proverbs. Working hard brings a reward. What do I mean by that? I mean this. Laziness is not okay. It's not. Look at what Proverbs 26 says. Proverbs 26, 13. A sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is roaming the streets. In case you're wondering what Solomon's saying, he's saying, don't be the employee that makes up excuses why you shouldn't work. That's what he's saying is anyone can do that, right? Like, oh no, something's going to get me. I can't go into work today. He's like, no, that's not who you are. That's not okay to do that. How about this one? As the door turns on its hinges, so a slugger turns in his bed. How about that one, right? I could get to work on time, but uh, hit the snooze button. Uh, just sleep a little bit longer. It's okay if I'm late. He's like, don't do that. That's not who you should be. He said, that's what a slugger does. He just kind of turns over in his bed, doesn't get up and work. 15, a slugger buries his hand in the dish, and he's too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. Okay, So he's saying, don't be that kind of person. Don't be an individual that is lazy. Now, let me say this. Laziness isn't just a behavior. It could be an attitude. Don't be the person who complains, who whines, who sighs anytime you are asked to do something. That's not who we are. That's not okay. Working hard brings a reward. Proverbs 12, 11 says this. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Proverbs 12, 24. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. Proverbs 14, 23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Now, the hard work or the profit that it's talking about there, the reward that we're talking about, is not always going to be a bonus, okay? Don't be like, oh, if I work really hard, my boss better give me a raise. Like, that's what the Bible says, so I better, that's not what it's saying. The reward may come in a lot of different ways. Matter of fact, in the last proverb, there's the chapter 31 is about a king. Um, His name is King Lamech, I think is his name. And he writes a proverb, I believe, about his mother. And he's talking about how amazing of a woman that she is. And part of that is the work that she does and the blessing that that is to her family. And it's not only financial, it's in so many different ways that when we work hard, there are rewards that are brought in our life. Like we need to understand that working hard brings a reward. And so we are called to do that. Now, let me be very clear about this. 
that does not mean you should never rest or relax, okay? We talk about this a lot here, that here at NCC, we want to honor the Sabbath, that God has actually set aside a whole day where he says, hey, stop working, enjoy rest, practice delight, like contemplate God, that we're called to do that. And so we are not in this message today. I don't want you to walk away thinking, Pastor Aaron said I can never take a break, like I've always got to be working. That's not what we're talking about. Because there are moments where we need rest, where we have to take care of ourselves. That is vitally important. Do not be a workaholic. That is unhealthy. But what we're challenging is, hey, we are called to do the work that God has called us to do. And we do it to the very best of our ability because we're honoring Yahweh in that. We're honest in that. So we don't steal from our employees in any way. And we work hard because we understand that that brings a reward in our life. God is concerned about this part of your life. He's not like, okay, go ahead and disappear for 40 hours during the week and I'll see you when you get done with that. No, God wants to be a part of what you're doing. And he wants to partner with you in that. He wants to be a part of that. And so here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to respond to this message this morning in a couple of different ways, okay? Every day, this is what I want to challenge you to do. These are action items. Is every day on your way to work, so students, that could be on the school bus, Maybe you drive yourself whenever you're headed into work. I want you to just pause for a moment. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes, okay? Keep your eyes open. But just pray this simple prayer. God, would you partner with me in the work that you've called me to do today? Once again, maybe you're a parent that stays at home and your work is within your household. Just pause before you jump into your day. God, I get to partner with you today. I know it looks like scrubbing dishes and doing laundry, but I'm not doing it by myself. God, you're with me in this, and that makes it so meaningful and so powerful, God, because I don't do this alone. You're a part of this. Maybe you could pick one thing that you normally would hate to do this week and do it with excellence. God, this time when I send this email, I'm going to do my very best. This next class that I'm about to teach, this next customer or client that I'm going to serve, God, I'm going to do it to my very best because this is worship to you, God. It's not just another person or an individual. God, this is an act of worship to you, and I want to honor you in the work that you've called me to do. You guys, God wants to be a part of that 90,000 hours that you're going to work in your lifetime. He wants to partner with you in that. And I want to lead us in a prayer. And I want you to understand this. The most important thing, we've been talking about work a lot today, the most important thing in your life you can't work for. You can't. We've been talking a lot about how God wants us to work, but there's one important thing that you can't work for, and that is salvation. That is God's love in your life. Sometimes we think that. We work so much, like that 90,000 hours is a lot, but there's one thing that God said you're never going to be able to work for, and that's His love. And so the Bible is very clear that God came to make a way for us to be connected back into a relationship with him. And if you don't know this, Jesus was born as a baby. God himself wrapped himself up in human form and gave himself as a gift to the world. And he was born as a baby and he he lived here on this earth. God himself worked. He was a carpenter. But he also taught us about God's love. He taught us about the kingdom of God. He showed us how God meant for us to live, how he designed for us to live. He 
publicly ministered for three and a half years, doing amazing things, following the voice of his heavenly father, partnering with Holy Spirit in the work that God had called him to do. And then he went and he sacrificed himself. He died on a cross. Not because Jesus had sinned, but because you and I had sinned. This is for our rebellion, for those moments where we've said, God, I think I can do this on my own. My way is better than your way. Jesus went to the cross to give himself for us. And it's because of this, we can't work for our salvation. You and I, we can't do enough good stuff to outweigh the bad stuff. That's not how this works. And we can't try to be good enough to earn God's favor. And God said, I'm going to make the way. I'm going to give myself so that we could be brought back into a right relationship with God. And I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask if you would take a moment and bow your head and close your eyes. And maybe you would be honest and say, Aaron, that's me. I've been trying to work for God's favor. Maybe I thought I can do enough good stuff and then God will love me and then I'll start to go to church or I'll start to try to be a better person. I'll start to try to be a Christian and that's not the way it works. We can't work for God's love. It's a free gift because God wants a relationship with you because he desires to be close to you. And if that's you, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And this prayer just acknowledges that, that God, we've sinned. We've all sinned and messed up. And Lord, we need your forgiveness and we want a relationship with you. And so we do this every week, but I'm going to invite everyone to pray this out loud. You may be by yourself in your home, but would you say this out loud? Because we don't want anyone praying this alone. Repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you and I know that I've messed up. I've sinned, and I want your forgiveness in my life. So I invite you in. Be the Savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. I pray this in your name. Amen. Now, can you put your hands together this morning, church, and let's celebrate. The Bible says this, that... All of heaven is rejoicing that heaven's throwing a party when even one person comes back into a relationship with God. When any of us that were disconnected from Christ, that we say, God, I want you to be a part of my life, that the angels are dancing and they're celebrating because of that. And so if that's you, we want to walk with you. We don't want you to feel like, well, I got to figure this out by myself. We want to help you. And the first step, just this real simple first step, is to go to newcommunity.co slash connect track. So newcommunity.co slash connect track. And it's a, a class that we have almost every week here at NCC. And we get together with a few other people and we talk about that. Like, hey, when you talk about being saved from my sins, what does that mean? Or when you talk about having a relationship with Jesus, like, I don't even really know what you mean by that. We want to help you begin to understand of what it means to be in relationship with God and understand the Bible a little bit more. And so we talk about that and how you can get connected at the church and how you can even use what God has placed in your life to serve others. So this is a great first step. And I want to challenge you, go through that class and allow God to speak to you and encourage you. I want to pray one more prayer, but this time I'm going to ask that you not repeat after me. And just in your own words, I want you to have a conversation with God. If you're new to prayer, like you don't have to say any specific words, but just be honest, God, I want you to be a part of the work that I'm doing. It could be help me to have a better attitude about work. It could be help me to be more integral and honest in the work that you've called me to do. Or God, I have some big decisions coming up and I need you to partner with me. Like a project seems overwhelming. 
I need your help in this. Let's pray and ask God to help us in the work he's called us to do. God, I say thank you because you want to be a part of every area of our life. You're not just concerned about one specific thing, but you want to join with us, Lord, in all that you've called us to do. And so I pray that help us to be the church. God, that we're partnering with you all throughout the week, Lord, in everything that you've given us. It could be chores at home. It could be a project in the workplace. It could be in our school. God, we want to honor you in that. And so I pray be with us on Monday morning and all throughout the week. Give us creativity where we need creativity. God, I speak wisdom over your church where there are decisions to be made. God, give us the strength and the mindfulness that we need and the skills that we need with our hands to do the work that you've called us to do. God, help us to be honest, Lord. Help us to be people that are working hard. And we're an example, God, of who you are and your goodness. God, we want to partner with you in what it is that you have called us to do, God. And so I pray be with us in our work week. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you.